This episode is sponsored by Surmise. Their software makes contract review, creation and management easy for legal teams wherever they work. Go check them out at surmise.com. That's S-U-M-M-I-Z-E dot com. Hi, I'm Anne, and she's Rach, and this is So You Think You Want to Be a Lawyer, a podcast where we'll be sharing our own legal journeys, top tips on how to qualify as a solicitor, and what you do to stay sane and healthy when you get there. So, shall we start? Let's go, my love. Let's do it. Season two. Well, season two. Are we series two? Is it season two? Who knows? It's the second lot of episodes of So You Think You Want to Be a Lawyer with Anne and Rach. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome. Yay! I think we need to clap, out, and I think that's a clap moment. We should do that. We made it to season two. Isn't there some stat like... Yeah, let me get that stat. What was that? Someone very helped. One of our lovely listeners sent me a very nice stat about it. Here we are. 90% of podcasts don't make it past episode three. Oh, wow. So we're already in the top percentile of podcasts. Okay, well, we win, you know, just yeah, we win quietly slash loudly smashing it. <laughs> um, for those that are all, have listened to um, series one already, you'll note that we also have a sponsor this season. We do have a sponsor and we're very excited about it. Uh-huh. I guess for everyone returning first, we should say thank you so, so much for listening. You know, like as we said in that first episode, whenever we recorded it a few months ago, it was mostly me being bored and Rach likes to encourage me. Um, just as much as I like to encourage her when we just want to do things that are a bit silly. So <laughs> the fact that actually months later and episodes later, we're actually doing this and we have a sponsor is kind of ridiculous and very exciting. And we're still recording on Zoom, by the way, everyone. You do not need to get that snazzy little microphone, you know, just get out there and start recording. So just do it. Wait, that's a that's a trademark. Maybe I might have to cut that part out, right? That's a night trademark. <laughs> um so yeah great so I guess yeah this is uh episode one of the second season this season is going to be a change so at the end of the last series we introduced Rohan our very good friend and we're going to carry on that theme through the rest of this series talking to other people who at one point had that so you think you want to be a lawyer and are now well you'll see doing various other things some are lawyers some aren't some use their legal skills and have done something else, but it's all very exciting and we can't wait to share this episode with you. Yeah, it's really, it's been really fun, actually. And uh, so you won't just get to listen to me and Anne, you'll get to listen to someone else speaking on each episode. And they've all got such different stories, haven't they? And there's some like tech founders and there's there's people that work in... In-house and... In-house roles and other like cool things. So it's really fun. Um, it's been really fun a few weeks, hasn't it? Even though we're still grafting in our lunch hours. Yeah, because <laughs> we do and still have an argument with the land registry, bless them, as um, anyone in property would know. Um, so I'm currently trying to, at the same time as having this recording, unwind a very bundled piece of ribbon as some sort of mental health relaxation tool. <laughs> yeah, because the land registry quite well in the last couple of minutes. You've done well, actually. I was watching you. I was like, are you okay? <laughs> 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 Probably. Oh, we're real. So do you want to 
talk, seeing as um, season two is a bit more focused on in-house or moves or transitions, do you want to start off, Anne, by saying what your journey was post-private practice? Or? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Why don't I do that? So let's recap for myself. <laughs> um, what was I? Okay, so yeah. So how did I transition, I guess? When I was about four years qualified, um, there or thereabouts, I was I went on to comment to one of um the clients that I've been working with at Lynx because I'm me and because Lynx is Lynx I actually ended up doing two jobs at the same time um so it was supposed to be part time but there's no such thing and so I ended up doing two jobs at the same time but it was a lot of fun with one of the private equity sponsor clients and there I was the sole counsel there was only one lawyer in the whole business I mean it was a global business and I was probably quite young in terms of experience and things like that to be doing that um and was very lucky that obviously as a Lynx client I always had the support of the team if you with it on something bigger but day to day whilst I was doing that for about four and a half months or so I think that does sound like a really that's possibly the most ideal way to transition or have had that initial transition experience isn't it because you've gone basically from being full supported fully supported by the firm in all ways to then being sort of on your own but actually with them in your back pocket and at the very least, I could ask people because I was still connected, you know, hey, I'm thinking about doing this. And that was really helpful. But yeah, day to day, I was doing all sorts of things um, with this business. And because it was only one person in the legal team, that meant I saw everything. I was on all sorts of steering committees and C-suite discussions and uh, talking to the senior people in the business at every point because there was nobody else they were talking to if they needed a lawyer. And actually, that made me just see a lot of different things. So yeah, you had Christmas party discussions, but also all the, you know, like everything, photocopiers, all of that stuff, yes, but also the really, really interesting stuff as things were transitioning as the new um, exec team that had been installed was coming in. I just loved it, really. I found it easy is not the right word. It just felt right, though, because I think I've been asked a few times, especially recently, you know, how did you get comfortable when your background was private equity doing more general commercial contracting stuff? But somehow it just made sense. And I am a very big believer that if you hopefully have a good grounding in law, and I do feel like that's the minimum bare expectation for lawyers and some common sense, you should be able to parlay all of that into how you're able to use it. Anyway, I got off on a tangent. So I did that for four and a half months, loved it, went back to things. And actually, basically, that just confirmed something that I'd kind of had in my mind for a while before that, and which Rachel and I talked about in our chapter in the park a lot about what was next for us. Because for me, it was obvious that I didn't want to be, wasn't going to be partner. So yeah, so I, being on the comments cemented that I knew that that would be the next right step. And so when I came back, it was probably within about three months max that I'd found my role at The Economist. And that's how I transitioned. Um, and I guess when you know, you know, and I was so lucky to find that role. Ironically, I wasn't actually really, I didn't know that I wanted to work at The Economist. And I wonder if it was more my, the person who became my boss, Oscar, or the company or which, I don't know. But I was really lucky in that it was in media, which I'd always thought I'd be interested in. And just, I lucked out with bosses. The GC, Oscar, was amazing. And we had a great relationship. We still do. And he really allowed me. Yeah, he really allowed me to grow and be the lawyer that I am today because he let me do what I wanted to do, supported it and just let me sort of fly. That sounds very flowery, but he did. He let me just grow into the role. And, you know, that over the time developed into, you know, getting stuck in all sorts of parts of the business that maybe I shouldn't have been in, but was. And he just let me do it um, and start being responsible for other, t- um, for other um, people in the wider contracts and legal team until they reported to me and all these different things. But it was all skills I learned a lot from watching him and being in the same room as him. And also because actually he just said, and this is you. And he just let me do it and trusted that if I wasn't sure, I would come and ask him. 
And so, yeah, it was amazing. It worked really well. And I was there for seven years. But so, yeah, so how did I transition? A lot of whining to reach, a lot of uh, squealing in the park. Loved it, though. And that was such good Thai food as well. It was amazing Thai food in a little street uh, street market that was near our offices. Um, <laughs> and it was just... As long as I'm eating when we're talking, it's okay. <laughs> and I think it was probably summer or something and we'd just be outside and it was just nice. Actually, it was nice to be next to each other, right? And we sort of walked our way through. And so, yeah, four and a half years qualified. In the end, I stepped into the real world and was at the government for seven years. And rate, we talked about it a lot, but... Tell us how you got to in-house. I've probably got a really unusual story, haven't I? I can really, yes. I suppose, when I'm, if I'm being honest. I really wanted to become partner. I really wanted to, like, tick that off. I really wanted to try it and see how it fit. Um, and so I did all of that. So I stayed at Trowers. I love Trowers. Great firm. Really fabulous experience and wonderful people to work with I'm still in touch with them and uh, we've got one of the partners on an episode coming later Um, but when I got to partnership um, there were various other things going on I had babies coming out left right center yikes and (laughs) (laughs) and, uh, my mum got really sick so we I was just it was too many things and so I actually was willing to move without having anything else if necessary because I felt like it was important for me uh, so I'd really I'd really struggled with the thought of like not being in my job like I really loved the security of it I really loved the pay I really loved the drive and doing all of that so so that's why I was so nervous to leave I suppose it took me such a long time but when I did it was because I had to and that was great so that was you know that was the end of that moment and then I was approached by a chief exec of a UK luxury brand at the time who was moving to a, a brand in the States and he knew me from my wider network so nothing actually to do with law so you never know always you know keep working on that network and meet people because you never know in like five years time when you might actually cross paths with these people again anyway so Mark um, needed someone in the UK that was competent that could run their wholesale business for a luxury menswear brand called Billy Reed and I did some of their legal work on the side as well so I had this enormous transition from not only private practice lawyer to an in-house role it wasn't really it was a private practice lawyer into running a business so I went like deep in HMRC company setup running companies getting the money in from a US entity like customs all that stuff like but you're also forgetting understanding the industry because obviously understanding you're like the industry, yeah so like luxury goods like yeah wholesale, uh, I don't know, all these other arrangements, um, how you build networks with accounts. I had to build networks with places like Selfridges and Harrods from scratch. And it was, it was, it took time and it was amazing. And I absolutely loved it. And the product was beautiful. So that's where my passion for like really understanding what goes into a genuine luxury product has sort of grown. I love, I love it when a product is made in the best way it can be. It means that you keep it for longer. It's more special. It like goes hand in hand naturally with that reducing waste and the environment and all that sort of thing. And that, you know, there's a story behind something. It's not just like another jumper from Zara this season. So I really love this conscious, slow, really beautifully done with best materials kind of doing things yeah 
pieces that are going to last forever um, and it was fashion obviously so like totally the best fun in the whole world running wholesale market in an art beautiful art gallery called Rebecca Hossack she's on what she on Conway Street so just near Charlotte Street beautiful part of town I had a ball it was great I can't lie and I love doing the legal side because obviously the context was so different but they were really big supply chain contracts or a sponsorship deal so it was all really meaty stuff and then Billy Reed COVID happened Billy Reed you know difficult time right there's everything shut. Uh, So we made the decision to shut it down, which was fine. It was a great two years doing it. And otherwise, I wouldn't have transitioned. So it was was literally fantastic. I love that that time I had with them. And now I'm working in house as um, company secretary in house legal for Night Timber. So I feel really confident in that role, because I not only understand have a really good feeling and understanding of luxury goods, but also the business side of running it as well well as a really really sound legal experience so yeah love it amazing yeah and also you're massively underselling some of the stuff that you did because like if you think about it okay you were a lawyer and then a partner for 12 years yeah, yeah, 12 12 years? years in total I think so 12 years in total including being partner for at least the last two years right yeah it might have been a bit longer yeah yeah two years ish yeah and that had always been your dream because I remember when we used to talk to each other at lunchtime, I'd be like, I'm off and we're going. And you'd be like, yeah, me too. But, and there was always a but. It was so important <laughs> to be partner and you achieved it, which is amazing. And then you went um, to Billy Reed. And I remember when you go, going, yeah, I'm going to Billy Reed. I was like, huh? I, what? I know, it was so weird, wasn't it? <laughs> Everyone must have been like, yeah, yeah, well done, Rach. She's obviously lost the plot completely. Well, it was, I never thought you were crazy, partly because you're you and just fully, fully expected you to somehow make it work. But I was just like, wait, but you're not the lawyer? Wait, what? Huh? And next thing I was going with you to like, you know, launches at Selfridges and you were like, oh, I'm talking to Harris. I'm talking to whoever. And I was just like, how? How? Because I think one of my best moments was flying to New York mm. because the wholesale market in New York for the US market was before the London market. So I flew to New York hung out with the team doing the wholesale market in the States, got the appointment with Selfridges just before I went. So I took half the collection, flew it back with me, had the meeting with Selfridges. I remember getting that getting back. I think I landed on like at like midnight on Wednesday and the appointment was Thursday morning. And I had to buy some temporary rails at Argos because you never know what's going to happen when you turn up to a meeting. They may not have rails. They may give you like five meters, like five meters of space or one inch of space. So you have to come like slick, organized, got it all ready. So that means in like really basic sense, having all of your pieces in your collection beautifully steamed on hangers facing the right way with exactly the same spacing between them on hangers with your material, with everything downloaded on a slick iPad, with your speech totally prepared with all of your stats on pricing for every single piece availability dates because they all drop at different dates uh, composition and materials uh, origin the design story for literally maybe 40 pieces of clothing and in wholesale market when I did it there were like 300 pieces of clothing and I could tell you every single time every time you walked a buyer past you'd give them this is 295 wholesale price is this xyz anyway uh, so we did that so it did Selfridges actually got Alex um, who's one of my husband's schoolmates who was a bit bored that day to come with me 
And it looked so good because he came, set up the rails, set up the rails, put it all out beautifully. And then he just sat there in silence. It just looked really good. It looked like I had like an assistant, you know, <laughs> um, and then smashed it. So we then got in suffrages. So that was, they were like really impressed and yada, yada. And then I flew it all back about Friday, back to yeah. New York, yeah. had another five days in New York and then came home. And I was literally like almost dead. I was like so tired, <laughs> yeah. but I was loving it. That was a, that was a really good moment. You know, I think that's the thing. I, it was so obvious that you loved it because I remember watching you do one of those things in the art gallery in uh, Rebecca Hossack. And like, I was just there. What was I doing? I was looking after, was it Chipper? Or... I had like children in the background every time. Every time. So I was looking after one of the babies. I'm not sure which one. It, it must have, it's probably Chipper. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was right. Chipper. You must have had Chipper. Yeah. Yeah. So it must have been Chipper. And we were in the, and I was in the background and I just heard you just going, so this one is whatever, whatever price and made out of this material. That material, I was like, I, it, it's blue shirts. Uh, where have we got all of this? Oh, <laughs> blue shirts and it's like know, the island cotton, yada, yada. I know, I know. But the fact that you knew that, and I don't know that other people would have known to know that and known to remember it. And just, it just looked so slick. And I don't think anyone would have ever thought this girl I've never done this before. Yeah, six months ago was talking about land registry documents. Like, I just don't think that anyone would have had a clue. And it's just, it was very impressive to watch you do that. So you're slightly underselling exactly what you did. I think part of it was also not having to wear a suit. Like, I could wear whatever I wanted on any day, as long as it was Billy Reed, basically. But they had really nice stuff. So, well, and also, do you remember the backpack? Because you had to get all oh, the yes. gear and very cool. I have so yes, that was one of my chats with a guy called Rob, and he is very in fashion, but he's on the like tech side of things, but has worked for really big luxury fashion places. And he, he turned up to a meeting to help me like prep ahead of some of these wholesale account like chats. And I turned up with what I thought was my really smart black briefcase that I loved at work, and I picked it specifically because it didn't have all these handles and stupid stuff, and it was all really slick and minimal. And he's like, what is that, Rach? And I was like, what? I was like, that's my briefcase. He's like, mm. I was like, are you joking? I really like this. I'm professional. Like, I can hold a professional meeting. He's like, nah, you're in fashion. Like, what? So he had very nice access, very kindly to a discount that I then used. And um, lo and behold, the rucksack appeared very trendy, black with white writing on it and love it yes anyway so then yeah I was doing law on the side but you know you have to keep it up and then actually I suppose if I'm true to myself I really like contracts yeah I really like the satisfaction of legal work and the challenge and like obviously I'm doing lots and lots of different areas of work in my current role but they're all legal based and I just get a lot of satisfaction from doing it more than just I say just selling product yeah and it's a very difficult you know anyway so yes I loved it yeah anyway all good and it's a different industry so you're learning and stuff as well yeah 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 it's all about the English sparkling wine now (laughs) exactly and I guess actually if you think about it one of the things that we're showing here because I've obviously since moved on to another job in the sort of food and tech industry and we'll no doubt move on again sooner rather than later, probably. Uh, <laughs> but what I was going to say is what we've both been able to do, I think, is switch gears to different industries relatively easily. And even actually, if I say within The Economist, well, obviously the newspaper is the thing. There were several other businesses behind that that underpinned it. And I had to learn about all sorts of films to events to 
Copywriting, publishing. All the publishing, all of those other things, which obviously I didn't know anything about doing, you know, corporate private equity investment agreements and shareholder agreements and articles and all that kind of stuff. And you doing land registry stuff and then you were off doing... I'm saying that all I'm doing is land registry stuff. A massive regeneration of like... A cancer hub is not like just land registry stuff, Anne. It had like med tech, hotels, <laughs> hospitals, accommodation for staff. Crikey. Rach was doing massive property, commercial property Thank you. deals. 300 million equity acquisitions. Leading them, smashing uh, them. <laughs> Thank you. That is my bad because when I hear property, I'm like, it's something to do with the land registry. Well, when I hear corporate, all I think is, I'm not going to say. You can say, you can say. Just probably just running around. Yeah, like, I'm so important. I'm in corporate. <laughs> and yeah. to be honest, I can't lie that, like, the corporate team is definitely a, huh, I can turn my hand to everything, can do a bit of employment, can do a bit of property. What's the big deal? So, you know, you're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably why I am the way I am, right? I work, walk into different industries and I'm still convinced I can do all of it. I just need to, a few oh, yeah. to learn it. So, <laughs> But joking aside, it is true though, right? We've both gone from very different places and starting points. Yes. And working across different industries and able to adapt to the skills that we have and do it, right? And I think that that is really um, the key point. Like we joke a lot, but I think that is the key point about making that transition to in-house. Hopefully you've had time to think about what suits you and you're able to find that role. But I don't know that I think that the exact industry is so important. I actually think that if you are sensible and a good lawyer, then you should be able to adapt what you've learned and learn the rest of it. I, I genuinely believe that. Um, and so I always find it fascinating when um, people are looking for some very specific role. They're like, I need a lawyer who's got five years experience in you know, the food industry, but also has all of the food regulations. And, you know, and I'm just like, sure. Or what about this one? A good <laughs> lawyer who can learn stuff. <laughs> well, when we're hiring, we'll know what to do. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, that's how I hire. Because I, I do think that if you're a good lawyer, you can learn the bits that you need to learn. But if you're a bad lawyer in the industry, actually, that's not going to get you very far. At some point, you will get found out. And yeah, I, I just think I, I find it interesting. I know that some areas maybe you, you absolutely need to specialise. And if you're learning it, then maybe you don't have the time for people to come in who are already however many years qualified and starting from scratch basically in that industry maybe like data protection people yeah I mean and it's also so technical as well so you know you shouldn't necessarily be playing in those areas but yeah I say all that just to say that like you don't need to know exactly what's next for you but if you're interested in in-house or just moving away from private practice because maybe that's what because obviously you did more than just becoming in-house lawyer at it's just I think if you're confident that private practice isn't for you take the leap and if you're confident enough in your skills, hopefully other people will see that if you put in the hard work to learn, like we're joking and stuff, but we both deliberately or not put in a lot of work to learn all of the things that we've then gone on to do. But we've been able to do that from curiosity, from enjoying it, from liking the challenge of our, just liking the challenge of the job that we're doing and really enjoying it. And that yeah. allowed us, I think, to do better than we might ever otherwise have done and get into places that we might never otherwise have been in. Yeah. And I think that's a theme that we'll see with the people that we've talked to through the rest of the series, because everyone has started out as thinking they were going to be a lawyer. And many of them still are, at least on paper, you know, most of them are still on the roll. Yeah. But at some point, they all made a decision and the leap and the choice to do something that wasn't private practice. And they've all been very, very successful, brave. And um yeah just achieve some really really interesting things so 
yeah, we're excited for you to hear what's coming, right? Yes, so excited. I was thinking that I should add that I do do other work as well. Yes, so I do help another luxury brand called Annaby who make like these beautiful merino wool throws do their sales and their marketing and their plan for the UK. So I still get that really fun itch about a luxury product scratched in that sense as well, because I am helping them. Like I'm I'm custom services, I'm it, you know, you're emailing me if it, if it comes through with a question on the website. And I really <laughs> like having that interaction on that side because I think it also helps you, it helps me stay sharp on the business side yes. for my role in the, in the legal side of things. And then I have actually picked up a small the legal role a few hours a week which is really nice as well because it's a different sector so it keeps you sharp and fresh in that way and other silly things like <laughs> like I have a work laptop that's um it's not a Mac it's a normal laptop yeah and then for all my other stuff I use a Mac and that's because there's different buttons on each one and you can't do the same things on each which means your brain is like exercised all the time because you're like am I doing this or that so um that was something that my brother in tech said I you know was a good thing to do because it means you're not then limited and you know keeps you up to speed on tech things yep no that's really smart and it's true like I think the theme that we see through all of these things and I think probably in ours if we're being honest is just sort of a curiosity and an inability to stay in one place for too long in terms of in terms of literally the job that you're doing so I might stay in a job for a long time but if it's not switching every few months I, I will get bored and did, did and will look eventually to change somewhere and you're the same and all of these different things that you pick up and yeah I think I think it gives me the space to be able to stay yeah but like what you've got at the minute is the challenge of day job that allows you to cut your teeth in so many different areas of that business while also doing the other bits that you do with the extra legal work with the extra commercial work that just allows your brain to keep staying challenging therefore keep interested and that's probably being very very honest the reason why I'm chafing at uh, my current role a bit because it's broad in one sense but it's really narrow in another and I've always been able to go across an entire business and pick and choose and do all sorts of different things. And that ability to deep dive and get in and be the person who is responsible for that and take it to its execution is just something that I miss when you're in, which I found being in a slightly bigger legal legal team, even in-house means that you don't have that freedom um, of uh, work and choice. And that's just a combination of things in terms of the setup, in terms of... The teams in terms of the business and all of those different things, but I found that it's something that I really miss and that's what I'm looking for in my next role really carefully. And I suppose that's the other thing that is worth saying in terms of um, in-house roles, not all in-house roles are the same. I think Rose said it really well in his episode when he was like, you have to think about that stuff. Is it, you know, you want the financial service market, which is likely to be some huge legal team, probably. If, if you're talking, you know, like your Barclays and HSB and whatever, it's going to be a big legal team doing relatively standard work for the most part in any team because it's quite narrow focused in each part. But yeah. also, you know, the role that Rachel's doing now and the role that I had previously where it's just, you are the lawyer, get on with it. And that just means anything legal and often nothing that is legal, but just needs some common sense. And then yeah. it could be anything in between, but it's worth thinking about. Does in-house doesn't mean justice all the same. Yeah. And it doesn't also necessarily mean nine to five. And there's absolutely no harm if that's what you're looking for. And there's absolutely no harm if that is actually a key criteria of what you're seeking. It's just, you shouldn't go in going, oh, well, I've been killed in this city practice thing. So now I'm going to just phone it in. 
you still need to want to be working hard at whatever you're doing it's just what does hard look like is different across the board hard can be smart as well it can be I do nine to five but I'm very very focused all day to get it done yeah which for me is the best way to do it where you're challenged every day you're working really hard but you're able to switch off and go and live the rest of your life what's that really to you saying work to live not live to work yeah yeah I would hope that by the time you're moving in house and by the time you're thinking about these things that you know and especially with the last 18 months with COVID and everything that there's more to life than working there's more there's more to life than working and you'll be happier for it and you'll be a better person for it they like parenting self-care yes definitely better parent same way definitely a better parent when I've had my nails done <laughs> it's true and when you've taken the time to like do your hair if you haven't had time for ages it's just nice to get your hair done yeah. and it depends but some people will say stuff like that and if you care about clothes and care about bags or whatever it is is a bit frivolous but just substitute that for whatever your sports team is or whatever exercise you like to do or if you like rock fantasy football right fantasy football also obsessing about formula one also equally obsessing about other things. Like I get obsessions about lots of different stuff. But the point is just have stuff that is more than just work because it just enriches your life. Friends and family and loved ones. So I suppose, where does that leave us? We've got like amazing lineup coming up. We are so excited to share it with you. We're so excited that you're listening and that we would love to hear any feedback. We'd love to, you guys to email us. Um, send us any questions tell us about your podcast that you're making and we want to hear about it we really hope that you enjoy the rest of the season because I think you'll find all of these people really interesting bye thanks everyone for listening we always have a great time on the podcast and appreciate everyone who comes back and listens every week feel free to like subscribe rate us five stars on apple itunes or wherever you are listening to this podcast and of course if you have any questions then feel free to get in touch with us at so you think you want to be a lawyer at gmail.com or any other of our social media and contacts which we will leave in the show notes hopefully we'll get around to answering some of your questions on future episodes of the podcast and in the meantime please keep coming back thanks